0: Now, here's
1: Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How good to be with you. I pray that you're well. It's a gorgeous, sunny day here in Tulsa. We've had so much rain uh, that we, we, and we're we not complaining, but um, we know that others have had flash floods and um, many, many things, and we are... Uh, we're so grateful here in Tulsa. We are in Tornado Alley, but so far the tornadoes have gone around us, and and the, the weather's beautiful. And we look at the news, and we see what's happening all over the world. And oh, don't you wish sometimes you could reach every 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 single soul? I do every soul. Um, yesterday, uh, I got some uh, emails for, for uh, the title of the book people are trying to get the book on modeling modesty and I'll show it to you again model modeling modesty we've been speaking about modesty yesterday I'm going to continue just a bit today um it's uh, and and I've we've talked about the fact that modesty is not just a matter of long skirts or dress or women it's for men as well men need to be modest um and modesty is a product of the heart. Uh, what we say—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an outflow. It's from the heart that the mouth speaks. Um, it's dress, it's speech, it's actions, the choices we make, um, how we treat others, what we think of ourselves, uh, and so just in the matter of dress, this little book on modeling modesty is just wonderful. And um, I may have given out the website too quickly yesterday. It's from uh, published in Illinois by Rosa Mystica Modesty dot org. dot Rosa, R-O-S-A Mystica M Y S T I C A Modesty M O D E S T Y dot org. Rosa Mystica. Modesty dot org. Um, I have another little website in case that doesn't work. It's www lily hyphen maiden m a i d e n dot blogspot dot com. And if that doesn't work, look up Rosa Mystica Modesty dot org. Um, I don't remember where I got this book. I have a a few copies. Um it's a little handbook on modesty and it's truly beautiful. It has the quotes from our from saintly popes um and from young men as well. I may have read um one comment yesterday from a young man. Um, uh, Let me read this again. Just a few comments from young men on women's modesty. What what men think of how um, women dress. And I'm going to reread one that I read yesterday. And this is, uh, um, they're all, uh, well, they're not all anonymous, but this one is. I'm a 17-year-old guy who's doing his best to pursue God's plan for purity. I want to say something to Christian girls that they might not realize the way you dress really does affect guys. Modesty is not some outdated legalistic rule um, from the early church. When When you wear revealing clothing, you add fuel to the forbidden fire of lust in a guy's mind that he is trying so hard to put out. And I'll comment here to say that we uh, we are not to sin, dressing immodestly uh, is a matter of sin when we cause others to fall. it is it's scandalous, and we are not only to avoid sin and to avoid the near occasion of sin but to avoid tempting others to sin um, this The young man continues as. Men of God and brothers in Christ, we Christian guys are—I wish he would use the word men instead of guys—we Christian guys are commanded to respect you and to be pure with our thoughts, eyes, and actions. But it would help us so much if you as our sisters would really think about how the way you dress affects us. Here's another one, just one sentence. God has blessed girls with beauty inside and out. (laughs) It is not necessary for them to reveal their body or portions of it to entice. Here's another one, beloved. We would never want to give off the vibe this this is the men speaking. We'd never want to give off the vibe, quote, girls, you can't dress pretty, end quote. We guys are into fashion too. But there are ways that girls can look pretty without being immodest. A girl cannot simply dress according to what she feels is right because what she feels is right for her may not be right for a guy to look at see, and I know that young ladies or older ladies want to be attractive. Um, it's good to be attractive, but don't be attracting. Don't be attracting. Don't dress for others to want to look at your body. I remember one time um, a very wonderful um, homeschooling mother Uh, wanted to put on a modesty show for young ladies in a Catholic church and invite the dads, uh, so kind of girls and dads night out, and they would dress modestly. And I said to her, have you uh, given them the guidelines for what is modest? She said, no, we just told them to be modest. And I said, you can count on it not being a modesty fashion show because they don't know what is modest for the most part. And when the fashion show was over, um, I asked her and she said she'd never do it again because they did not understand modesty. And I said, besides that, this was daughters and dads. Why would you invite dads to sit there and look at young ladies uh, showing off their bodies? Because they're young and the dads are older, you think that's not a problem? No, you don't. And altogether... Why would you have young women, even in modest clothing, uh, walk down an aisle and have everyone overlooking her body? And I said to her, can you imagine the Blessed Mother doing that? Can you imagine the Blessed Mother, who would be the most modest of all, walking down a plank or a runway and having everyone focus on her body? It's unthinkable. The very idea is immodest. The very idea is a modest you don 't need a mo- um, uh, a modesty fashion show you can you can uh, uh, have a display of modest clothing but not on not on women who are parading themselves no 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 um, okay, let me just see if there 's another um, here 's one short one from. A Nathan. I have some female cousins around my age, and I've always seen them in long dresses, no makeup, and they're just beautiful girls. It's amazing to see the purity in them compared to girls who try to be too sexy. I would much rather give the purity and the innocence, I would much rather have the purity and the innocence that's really special and you know one time i went to a, a purim p u r i m that's the book of esther lots uh in 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 pur p u r is hebrew for lot and when you add an i m it makes it plural purim it's a national celebration um of the jewish people for having uh, queen esther having freed Mordecai from death, and they hung Haman instead, and at that time, the entire book of Esther is read every single year, and everyone comes together and has hamantash, and that's from Haman, every time the name Haman is mentioned, because he would have had Mordecai hung on the gallows, everybody boos, and all of that, and it's a great, great time, and by the way, the, the, the word God is not even mentioned in the book of Esther. And it's a fantastic book on God and his people. And there were all Jewish women there. I, I was invited. They knew I was Catholic. I wasn't, in a, I wasn't a, a nun yet, a sister yet. I wasn't in a habit. But it's a long story why I went there. And the, the young teenage ladies in their teens, young 20s, were absolutely beautiful. Long hair, not loose, that would be immodest to have loose long hair. It would be tied back or clipped in some way, just on the side so it didn't hang in the face and nobody has to keep putting it away from their eyes. That's It's not modest to be playing with your hair in public. And uh, they wore long skirts, long to the ankles, not below the knees, but to the ankles, And they were not tight. They weren't um, tremendously flowing, but they were not tight. They wore long T-shirts, but they were loose, and they were beautiful. Their clothes were, if you saw them, you would think them very, very lovely. Not maidenly, not crazy, not over-the-top. Form-fitting, but not fitting. In other words, You could see who they were, but nothing was tight. And no makeup. And they're absolutely gorgeous. That's the way our young people should look today. Let me see what else. One more. Um, From a young man named Jason, who says, It's even more attractive when girls wear something that does not reveal a lot, but is kind of mystical. They're not flaunting everything; they still look pretty, but they've covered up. There's something mysteriously attractive about that. Um, oh, there's many, many other quotes here, but let me um, let me just read you a couple of things from uh, from some saints here. Hold on, just a moment. It's a wonderful book for you to get, beloved. It's a wonderful book for you to go through um, with your daughters, with your sons. Um, Okay, let me see here. Um, Okay. Uh, This is, um, I think I read everything from uh, Pope Pius Twelfth. yesterday. Um, let me read uh, directly from what the Church says. This is the Pontifical Council for the Family. And they it's a document on the truth and meaning of human sexuality. And it says, um, The practice of decency and modesty in speech, action, and dress is very important for creating an atmosphere suitable to the growth of chastity. But this must be well-motivated by respect for one's own body and the dignity of others. You see, if you don't have respect for your own body, and, beloved, if you dress half-naked, if your skirt is halfway up your thighs, if your shoulders are bare, if your dress is low-cut... If your clothing is tight, I want to tell you that you do not have respect for your own body. You don't love yourself. You may put on a, a show for outside, but when you're alone, I would I would suspect there's a deep, deep unhappiness and loneliness in you. And it shows because you don't love and respect yourself by flaunting your body. And... Um, um, and and dressing or not dressing the way you do, it it shows, beloved. Um, let me just see there. I'm sorry that I I lost my fit place here. This must be well motivated by respect for one's own body and the dignity of others. Respect for the dignity of others, beloved. Parents should be watchful so that certain immoral fashions and attitudes do not violate the integrity of the home, especially through misuse of mass media. I know a family with uh, two boys and six girls, and the boys were wonderful young men. But the girls, when they were younger, they were fantastic, but as they got older in their teens later in their teens they started dressing tremendously immodestly and i remember speaking to their mother and the mother said "The mother was offended she said oh these but my girls are conservative next to ways, next to the way some of them dress in school um well who who makes that the standard and i remember one father telling me that the daughters of so-and-so look like prostitutes. And they did. And they did. And I took that comment to the mother because she wouldn't listen to anything else. And that was the end of our friendship. She wouldn't trust me. How could I dare say such a thing? And I said, well, I didn't say it, but I'm relating it to you. And I said, I understand how they see it, how they saw it that way. And, um, um, and she was tremendously offended. You see, um, we need to walk with God. We need to love God and mothers and fathers. We need to not give up parenting. In some families, the daughters wear tight clothing and they wear chokers around their neck. And in one family, the father said, don't wear a choker, it's, it, it doesn't look right. And he didn't know how to describe it other than that. And the mother fought with him right in front of her daughter. There's nothing wrong with it. The mother was countering the father as if he was just stupid and useless. Right in front of that daughter. She went on wearing a choker. And the father was right. Don't wear chokers. It is uh, it's completely immodest. You're drawing attention to your neck in a sexual way. I'm letting you know this, whether you understand it or not. Parents, love your children enough to keep their souls pure and raise them that way. Don't put them in dresses up to their underpants when they're 10, and then all of a sudden when they're 13, expect them to wear dresses to their mid-calf. You haven't raised them to do that. You haven't raised them with modesty. Are little girls walking around in short dresses so you could see their panties and diapers and everything. Is that adorable? Their little bodies are rather adorable. But there's nothing wrong with a little girl of three years old wearing a long dress. It doesn't have to be to the floor, but certainly to her knees, there's nothing uncute about that. There's no reason to expose bodies. And if we learned it at a young age, all of a sudden... When you ask them to wear long skirts, then it's not even comfortable. It's hot out, Mom. What do you, you know? But if they're raised that way, they're going to be, they're going to feel half naked if the skirts are raised. You see, it should be that way. Um, John Paul II uh, said this: very often, a woman does not regard a particular. Um, I'm sorry, very often a woman does not regard a particular way of dressing as shameless, although some man, or indeed many men, may find it so. Sexual morality is not a flight from love, but on the contrary, the opening of a way toward it. It is essential to reaffirm clearly that purity of heart and of body, go together. Because chastity is the custodian of authentic love. Chastity is the custodian of authentic love. I'm using a little light here, beloved. I don't know if it's interfering with you or not. I'm in a bit of a spot that's a little bit dark for reading. Okay. Okay. Um, and let me reread one comment from Pope Benedict the 16th that I read yesterday, how easy it is to be deceived by the many voices in our society that advocate a permissive approach to sexuality without regard for modesty, self-respect, or the moral values that bring quality to human relationships. This is worship of a false God. Instead of bringing life, it brings death. Instead of bringing life, it brings death. Will a man want to look at you? You bet he will. And you are doing your brother harm. I remember one man that emailed once and he said he wants to dress modestly. He's returned to the faith. He wants to be a holy man of God and he wants to... Um, he wants to date holy, modest, chaste women. However, for so many years, he has been unholy, and he is attracted to girls who are half naked. Even in the Catholic Church, they dress utter, utterly immodest, immodestly, and it's terrible. And he wrote in an email that he wants to date modest women, Women of good morals, and, but he's not attracted to them. He's attracted to immodest women. He's attracted to the women that are, are dressed half like prostitutes. He didn't say that, I'm saying it. And he has a problem, and I told him he did have a problem. If one grows up, I'll make this comparison to our fast food industry of today, if one grows up eating fast food and nothing but that, then you take them to a good family restaurant with a salad bar. They don't They don't want to eat salad. They don't enjoy anything. They just want a hamburger with all the stuff on it, whatever it is, because that's what they're used to, and nothing else really tastes good. It's not fun. Hamburger and chips, give me that. There was one man who was a few pounds overweight, and he went to a nutritionist. And the only thing he's ever eaten is meat. That's what he lives on, meat and soda. That's it. And the doctor said, you need to start having vegetables, broccoli. and a-. He said, what's a vegetable? He didn't even know. You see, we can get so far into our debased, unhealthy lifestyle that we don't have an appetite for what's good. And the only way for that young man who wants to be totally holy is to stay around holy women. Holy women. Go to the Latin Mass. They will be dressed properly. And even at the Latin Mass, I see people that are, I see women that uh, are improperly, immodestly dressed. Even at the Latin Mass. Mostly women, not men. But yes, there can be men in shorts to the knees. That's extremely immodest and improper to go to Mass. In thongs, tight shirts, T-shirts. That's no way to walk into a church. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, Women must adorn themselves properly. They should dress with modesty and sobriety. As it becomes women professing godliness with good deeds... As their ornament, and I, I'm I'm going to I'm picking on the Latin Mass right now. I've seen women at Latin Mass with so much jewelry, so much makeup. Uh, it it's really um, and skirts that are just borderline at the knee. It it's um, how do what do I say? It's offensive to women and men that you should draw that kind of attention to yourself. There's nothing modest about it. There's nothing even beautiful about it. There's nothing that brings out your godliness and femininity. One quote here from St. John Chrysostom, the Church Father. He says, "'You, women, carry your snare everywhere.'" Now he's talking about women that are immodest. "'You carry your snare everywhere.'" and spread your nets in all places. And you know, I have young women and their mothers, very, very angry. They're very angry, and they say, we're not looking to tempt anybody. If you don't like the way we dress, we dress for ourselves, not to attract men. If you don't like it, you don't have to look at us. Well, that's an un-Catholic, unholy, uncharitable, uh, very poor uh, and debased attitude. I have to tell you, beloved, there is no love in that. There's no charity. We are our brother's keeper, and we need to be sensitive to what offends others. There's our music for our break, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. If you disagree with me, I invite you to call in, of course, that we can dialogue. I don't like that word dialogue, that we can speak about these things. Um, If you agree, that's fine. If you've been transformed in modesty, I invite you to call in 1-877-511-5483.
2: Do you donate to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network through electronic funds transfers, but have recently switched banks? If any recent changes have been made to your payment information, please let us know. Call one 877 511 Eight 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 six two seven nine, and Dial Extension 104 or visit the stationofthecross.com. Thank you for your support of Catholic Radio. This is Father Jacek Mazer. Please join me in a prayer to St. Oliver Plunkett. Glorious martyr, St. Oliver, who freely gave your life for your faith, help us also to be strong in our faith. May we be loyal like you to the Sea of Peter. By your intercession and example, may all hatred and bitterness be banished from the hearts of men and women. May the peace of Christ reign in our hearts, as it did in yours, even at the moment of your death. Amen.
1: Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. We have a whole half hour to ourselves for your questions, your text, your email, anything that's on your heart. It never has to be what we're speaking about, and you can call or write in anonymously as well if you wish. Our toll-free number to call or text is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the Before the break um, we were speaking about modesty which is not just a matter of women for women it's a mat it's women and men and it's not just a matter of uh, long skirts uh, or dress, but it's a matter of the heart. Um, if the heart is chaste and modest, the outward appearance will be that also. Uh, you know, the old expression, you cannot tell a book by its cover. Not completely, but you can tell a lot about it. I may not know the heart of a woman who dresses immodestly, but I can surely know the things that she's missing, which is true love for herself, a true uh, understanding of her dignity and of her worth. I know that. I know that she's missing that, and of what she thinks she needs to do to attract others. Um, And whereas if women only knew, it would be the hidden recess of the heart that attracts men, and the modesty um, of their dress, of their speech, of their deportment, that will attract men who will respect them and love them. Chris uh, from Framington, Massachusetts, we have on the line. Hello, Chris.
0: Hi there. How are you, Mother?
1: Oh, I'm just fine, Chris. Thank you.
3: Wonderful. Are you on I a speakerphone?
1: Chris, are you on a speakerphone?
3: I, um, I, uh, yeah,
0: I didn't mean to yell. Let me switch you off. Sorry. Okay, is that better?
1: Uh-huh, yes, go ahead. Hello? I think we lost Chris. Yeah. All right. Maybe. Chris, if you're listening, if we lost you, uh just just give a call back. And you know, I, I was starting to say we've um um been talking about modesty of all sorts of things and comments from young men who who really want women to be modest, to assist them in their holiness as well. Um, and church fathers and popes and saints and so many, so many comments. And some of you don't agree with that. Some of you are shocked by it. Um, and I, I simply you are absolutely welcome to call in. And you can air your disagreement calmly. Uh, you can uh, ask questions about it, uh, all of that. You know, I, I, I invite that. Don't worry about it, because while we're on a subject, it's the best time to uh, to speak about objections and all of that. We're going to go on to an email that actually we had on Monday, and it's from Lucy, Um And I never finished it on Monday, so now it's two days later, but I'm going to go back to it. And I took about half of it on Monday, and I I, uh, gave Lucy quite a hard time on this email. I'm going to read the entire thing through um, and then comment. Um, Good morning, Lucy says. I am concerned about something I think I heard you say this morning. Now, that would have been last week. Uh, You were again comparing mass and opting for the traditional Mass, you said you never see anyone being reverent and bowing before taking the Eucharist at the Novus Ordo Mass. And I, I needed to stop right there, which I, I stopped uh, Monday also, just to say before I read the rest of the email, I, I did not say that. Uh, that I never see anyone being reverent at a Novus Ordo mass or bowing. I, I'm not going to say that because we go to a Novus Ordo mass during the week. It's on the it's on Sundays that we're able to get to a traditional Latin mass parish. We cannot do that time wise during the week, and so we go to a Novus Ordo mass. And the people that are there every morning, there's a couple of dozen every morning there very reverent, loving, faithful Catholics. They're wonderful. They all bow before receiving the Holy Eucharist, um, and it's a wonderful group. So uh I wouldn't say I never see anyone being reverent or bowing at an Novus Ordo Mass. And she said, I thought you never went to such a Mass. Of course I do. I go to that six days a week. And I wonder if you do, why are you looking around observing and judging others who are present because i'm seeing who's bowing and who's not all of that she's thinking i thought when i'm just going to read this through i I could comment so much i thought when we are at mass we are supposed to be worshiping god um, focusing on jesus and the eucharist there is a type of elitism among some people in the church that is bothersome, as if there's only one right, correct way to worship. For goodness sakes, I see it after my Mass when a friend commented that a person didn't bow his head when Jesus was said. So it's not just you. How do we know what is going on in someone's head? Maybe bowing is an outward observance not of personal piety, but of look at me, I'm doing everything right, like a Pharisee. she says, "I have been in both masses in worship our Lord um, to worship our Lord. I am concerned that you might be worshiping the format of the mass versus what the mass is supposed to be. Help <laughs> who's saying not to judge, my goodness, as a convert. Just maybe you are bringing a little more of your past with you. (laughs) I don't know. Just adding my two cents and trusting that God will continue to help all of us in our individual journeys to him. Well, my dear one, Lucy, something's really bothering you for sure um, here. And you speak about our not judging others, but look at the picture you're, you're giving to us. Uh, it's it's amazing. Let me just say this, Lucy. And I know I was pretty hard uh, in beginning to answer you on Monday. Um, we think, many of us think it's been it's become our mindset that the mass is about us. Uh, it's not. It's about God. We don't determine how we worship God does. And through the whole Old Testament, I mentioned this on Monday, through the entire Old Testament, God laid down the laws, the rubrics, how we were to worship Him. And He does no less. Under the New Covenant, we have uh, the general uh, ins- um, uh Roman Missal, the general instruction, the germ, general instruction for the Roman Missal. It tells us how to worship in our posture and how to receive in all of that. We are also told it's not a matter of individual worship. It's the worship that God deserves. And he tells us what that worship is and will continue as soon as we come back from the mass, uh, from the break, okay, uh, call in with anything on your heart. One eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. We'll be right back.
2: LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Widespread and profound confusion on matters of faith and morals, even within the Church, means that the formation of a new generation of Catholic leaders is now vital to the future of the pro-life movement. Through the International Youth Program, Voice of the Family seeks to identify prospective leaders and offer them the formation and fellowship that they would be helped with to defend the unchangeable teachings of the Catholic Church in years to come. The young Catholic adults who will take part of this program therefore receive a specific invitation to give their lives in whatever vocation they choose to work full-time for the apostolate of restoring the Church to Christ through His Holy Mother. The Rome Youth Pilgrimage takes place September 27th through October 3rd, 2019 in Rome. And you can apply online at lifesightnews.com. Just search for Rome Youth Pilgrimage. Hope to see you in Rome.
0: to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 5483 or email her at mother at Cross.com.
1: Welcome back, beloved. To Mother Miriam Live, and you are welcome to call in or email with anything on your heart. Uh, toll free to call or text 1 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the um, And we have been uh, speaking, um, reading through Lucy's email uh, on. Um, those who judge others at mass because they don't make certain gestures, and and we're supposed to be more focused on on Jesus than on what other people are doing, and all of that. And and um, Lucy's email is is a difficult one because it 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 kind of betrays the very problem Lucy you're you're writing about. Um, but generally, the mass is not for us to do as we wish at. Uh, I started to say in the Old Testament, God set down for his people the way they were to worship him because God um, knows that we don't know fully who he is and how holy he is and how he is to be worshipped, and he gave them rules. In the same way, when you see people at church... They bring their little five-year-olds with them and, and they show the five-year-old how to, or the three-year-old, they put their hands together in a posture of prayer and they help the little baby try to genuflect on one knee. You see parents teaching their children that. Why do they do that? Come on, why are they forming their little three-year-old? Can't the three-year-old do what he wants or she wants? No, the parents are right. We need to train our children to worship in the way God has given us to worship through his church. And so um, there are means of worship. And as far as bowing the head at Jesus, uh, the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, all of us should do that. We don't all do it. It's not a matter of legalism. It's a matter of worship. Um And it's just something to kind of get into the habit of that whenever we talk about Jesus. Now, I'm on, I'm live stream here. I may say Jesus many times and someone like Lucy's going to say, you didn't bow your head, you know, and and she'd be right because I forgot. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't thinking of it. I was saying Jesus, but I wasn't focused on him. So this happens to all of us, but we need, we need to learn. Um, part of um uh let's see what pope is writing this about ritual r- gestures um pope benedict and he says a mythological catechesis must also be concerned with presenting the meaning of the signs contained in the contained in the rites because we have the rites rites but we should know why we do what we do why do we do this Why do we genuflect? You know, I've seen people just genuflect to the pew. They genuflect before they go into the pew, and they have no idea why they're genuflecting, because our Lord is not in the tabernacle before them. They're just kind of habit. They're doing it. That's not they have no idea. They're doing it in worship of God. I have no question about that. Uh, I don't doubt people's hearts. I don't judge them, and I don't doubt them. I assume they're worshiping God. But they don't understand that we genuflect to Christ, to God in the tabernacle, and we bow to the altar. If Christ, if the tabernacle's not in the church, then we bow to the altar. Those sorts of things. People have to learn. But whatever they do, even if they do it wrong, I believe they're worshiping God in the way they know. And I never fault anyone for that. But we need we need to learn. Um, uh, Pope Benedict says this is particularly important in a highly technological age, like our own, which risks losing the ability to appreciate signs and symbols more than simply conveying information a mystagogical catechesis the um, catechesis on 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 mystery, teaching on the mysteries of our faith, signs and symbols and Meanings should be capable of making the faithful more sensitive to the language of signs and gestures, which together with the word make up the right r i t e. If I went on this article, I think it would uh, get much more to the point we're looking at. But again, dear Lucy, the church requires a profound bow. If it, if we, it doesn't require us to kneel. Uh, And I think one of those reasons is that so many kneelers have been taken from the church. We should be kneeling to receive our Lord. We should go on our knees before our Lord. But we're not faulted uh, for not going on our knees. We are faulted for not bowing. Not a little nod, but a 90 degree from the waist, as long as one is capable of that, bowing before we receive the Holy Eucharist, bowing before God. That is required. And the other thing that is required is receiving on the tongue, not the hand. And children today are simply taught the hand is norm. It's absolutely grievous. They're not taught reverence. Why should they be taught that they should receive God in their hand, pick him up themselves, and put him in their mouth? And who knows what, what crumbs may be on their hand. No, no, no. Uh, it, it's it's truly awful. The norm of the church, not the Latin Mass, the Novus Ordo, is receiving on the tongue. And again, it's, it's possible you can opt to receive in your hand. That's legitimate, but it's not the norm. Uh, today, people think receiving in the hand is the norm, and the tongue is optional for those traditional Catholics. It's not so. Not so. The tongue is the norm. Dressing modestly is the norm. Is the norm. Keeping silence in church is the norm. Uh, being prayerful is the norm. Understanding the Mass should be the norm. Um, kneeling at the consecration is not simply the norm. It is, there is no option with that. We do not have the option to stand during the consecration. If a priest or bishop tells us to remain standing, you kneel. You say, am I supposed to disobey a bishop? No, you're supposed to obey God. And that is an absolute. If the bishop tells you to stand or the priest, he's disobeying God and you don't follow his disobedience. How do we know all these things? By coming to know our faith. We kneel at the consecration. Um, And we learn when to kneel and when to stand and all of that. Holding hands is an intrusion in the Mass. It shouldn't be. It's allowed, but it shouldn't be. Going up to receive the Eucharist, uh, crossing your hands over your chest because you're not receiving our Lord is an intrusion in the Mass. Whether it's little children or whether it's grown adults, it's intrusion in the Mass. Mass Receiving the Eucharist is for Catholics. And those are the only ones, Catholics in a state of grace, I should say, and the only ones that should go up to receive communion. Novus order, Latin mass makes no difference, are Catholics in a state of grace. If you're not a Catholic, remain in your pew. Do not go up and cross your arms for a blessing. It's not time for a blessing. It's time to receive God not to get a blessing in his presence. If you wish a blessing from the priest, you can speak to him after Mass. You can ask him for a blessing on your way out of the church. Your children as well. It's not a time for them to be blessed. If you have children old enough to remain in their seats, uh, then they remain in their seats while you go and receive the Eucharist. They should be old enough. They should be old enough at five, six, seven years old, to remain in their seats. If you train them at home properly, they should be old enough. If they're not, and you have to carry them, or you have to carry one and hold another by hand, you do that. But you kneel to receive our Lord or bow, and your children are not presented to the Lord at that point. There are many bishops that will, not bishops, but priests, who will simply bypass children at the rail, who are not receiving the Eucharist, and people get very upset. He's very unloving. He's traditional. He's rigid. He's cold. No, he's not. He's doing what the Church instructs us to do. And most priests do bless the children out of kindness, out of sympathy, out of charity. And it's it's lovely to watch, but it's an intrusion in the Mass because the focus has become us it's not a time for us to be blessed. It's a time for us to worship and receive our Lord and nothing else. Okay, we have an email from Rocky. And Rocky says, Hello, Mother. I am hoping you can answer a question I have. I recently was reading a book. Who, the author was a fallen away Catholic. He was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school through high school was even an altar boy, but he had a conversion of heart and came back to the Catholic Church some 20 years later. Blessed be God. Blessed be God when a sheep comes home and all the angels in heaven rejoice. Uh, Rocky goes on here. He was told he would have to make a general confession since he had been away from the church and the sacraments for so very long. I've never heard this term before, general confession. And I'm wondering if you can explain what the difference is between general confession and the sacrament of confession one would go to, for instance, every week. Thank you, Mother. You are truly a blessing to all of us to listen to you each day. Well, thank you, Rocky. A general confession is a confession of your whole life. You need a little time with the priest for that one. and Normally you would make an appointment and not go uh, on the the normal line for confession because that's going to take a little more time. And if there's people waiting, it's not the time to do it. But to make a general confession, you should really make an appointment with the priest. You can still make it behind the screen, but you should make an appointment because of time. Um... Uh, Some people say general confession doesn't need more than 10 minutes. I took an hour and a half for mine, I'll tell you that. First time I ever did a general confession, and it was an incredible thing. Because you go through your entire life, from birth on, from childhood on, you go through your entire life, and you're not going to remember everything. But you confess everything that you remember. You stole the pencil in third grade from Johnny. You confess it. Now, what, what if you don't remember that? Then you don't confess it. Don't worry about it. And not to be scrupulous, but just to go back through your life. And the priest um, who received my general confession, he said to me, just start, go ahead, just start, and I'll stop you if I have questions. And so I did. I started, and he would stop me. If I mentioned a sin, then he'd say, or oh, hold on a minute, and then did you do that? And I'd say, oh, yes, I did. And he'd say, and did you do that? And I'd say, oh, I did. I never would have thought about it if you didn't ask me. It's terrible, humiliating, terrible. But we're before God. And I tell you what, I, oh, my goodness. And, of course, I told him I was sorry for all the sins I didn't remember. And I asked God to forgive me for millions, millions of sins that I could never even know about. But he knows for what an offense I've been to him. And so that's a general confession. Not that you should be devastated, but that you go before a priest in private and, um, and, and behind the screen if you can. I think that's probably better. Um, I think it's always better for confession, actually. No, not, not face to face. I'm not against face to face. The church allows it. I think it brings us into many problems. Um, and so, uh, Uh, That's what you do for general confession. I've never heard of anyone telling you um, uh, of, of being told that you have to make a general confession. That's news to me. Normally, when you go back to the church, even after 20 years, you say, Father, it's been 20 years since my last confession, and I have many sins to confess. And you do. And you do. And that's fine. Um, a general confession is beyond that and I don't know that I've never heard of a priest requiring that I would I would look that up myself I would make sure that he's not requiring of a person what the church doesn't require Um, to come back to the church as a lost sheep coming home uh, we should not be put through the torture of our past life when we're baptized, suppose we're baptized to 20. We only confess sins after baptism. We don't have to confess them of our whole life. So I, I don't know that that's correct, uh, that we should be told to make a general confession. It's a good idea to make a general confession. I've heard it's good to do that even once a year. Um, we've already been forgiven, but it's a good thing to cleanse our souls of memories and other things uh, but I don't know anything about it being a requirement or even a should I would check that one out God bless you beloved and we'll speak with you tomorrow